You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 42 tonight, and uh, I, I was going to say I'm not going to keep you long, but I've said that before, and it doesn't always turn out like I promised, so I'm not planning to keep you long tonight. But I want to share from this psalm something that God has given me, and I hope it'll be a help to you as we continue our series through the book of Psalms on these Sunday evenings. It says in Psalm 42, it says this was written to the chief musician, and uh, we've told you before, but when it was written to the chief musician, to the song leader, uh, to Asaph, that was usually an indication that David was saying, hey, this one here... We have got to use this one. This is a good choir song. Brother Nathan, uh, I'll, I'll ask you from time to time, have you heard this song, brother? Have you heard this one? And I'll say, this would be a good one for the choir. And I don't do it that often, but once in a while. And uh, David was saying to the chief musician, that's what we ought to call Brother Nathan. We ought to just start calling him the chief musician. Or maybe just for short, we'll just call him chief, right? And uh, I don't know what your wife calls you at home. Maybe it's like, you know, king or master. I don't, I don't know what it is. How many of you think it's probably the other way around, Brother Nathan calling his wife, something like that? But um, David wrote this, and he said, I want you to use this. And then he said, it says, this is a psalm of Maskell, which is an instructional psalm. This is something that you want to learn from. Now, there are psalms that David wrote, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, that God knew we were going to need. God wrote them for his people, Israel, but God knew that these would be recorded and preserved throughout the ages. And God knew that Jeremy Coburnett was going to need this psalm on a particular day, particular week. I've read it many times. I've studied it many times. As a matter of fact, I thought I had preached from this. It's just to me, I've just been dwelling on it a lot over these last few months. And I went back through my notes and I said, no, I haven't done Psalm 42 yet. And so tonight, I want to share with you what God has given me from this psalm. Notice what it says in verse 1. As the heart, the heart, that's the deer. As the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. That word pant, it means to long for. It means to cry out for. It's, it's a cry of of desperation. It is a, a, a necessary. Uh, David says, as the deer uh, needs that water and desires and thirsts for that water. Verse 2, David says, that's the way my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise and with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? David is talking to himself. You ever talk to yourself? Some of us, we have some, we have some lengthy, deep conversations with ourselves sometimes. And you know what they say, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't answer back. But sometimes I answer back, you know. And David is crying out and he's talking to himself and he says, David, what is your problem? Why are you cast down? That means to be bowed down 
in, in, in depression. It means to be bowed down in sorrow. And he says, David, why are you uh, cast down? Why are you disquieted? That word disquieted is an interesting word. It has the idea also of being uh, depressed, but also to be in a great commotion. It means to be in an uproar. But the deal is here, David is by himself. He's running for his life from either Saul or Absalom. So he doesn't have a huge crowd around him, but he says, I feel like there's a commotion going on. You say, what's the commotion? It was David's heart. It was David's soul. It was David's emotions that were running wild and they were causing him to be in a, a state of despair and causing him to be in a, a state of, of discouragement. And he said, why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul, why art thou disquieted in me? And then notice in verse 5, David, while he is asking himself these questions, he flips the coin over. And he says, wait a minute. What, what am I thinking? My hope is not in me. David says, I may have been the king, but I wasn't putting confidence in my abilities. I may have been, I may have been the ruler, but my confidence was not in my power. It was not in my strength. My confidence, my hope is only in one person, and that is none other than God Almighty. Aren't you glad that that same God is still available today? Amen. Aren't you glad that same God can be your hope and can be your confidence? And Amen. David says, my hope is in God. And he tells himself, he says, hey, hey, buster. Hey, buddy. Hey, man, why don't you just get back to trusting God? He said, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us and give us what we need from your word tonight. We pray and we, we, we beg of you, we plead with you. Lord, we need something. Lord, I need something. Lord, I know you've given it to me throughout the week, but as I preach it tonight, I pray you'd remind me of these truths and I pray you'd fill me with your spirit as I do my best to transfer these truths from your word to your people. I pray for those who are watching tonight. I pray for those who are listening tonight. I pray that they would not miss the, the truths of Psalm 42. I pray you'd help us to be helped and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you to notice, number one, I see in this passage, the thirst. There was a thirst. David says, as the deer, as the heart, panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God. The deer in some parts of the world, not necessarily this deer, but it'd be comparable. The deer has been known to travel on a given day up to 12 miles of travel time in, or travel distance in a day. Some deer can, uh, can run up to 60 miles an hour. Uh, there is a particular gazelle that can run 60 miles an hour and can sustain speeds of 30 miles an hour. Now, can I tell you, when you're running that much and you're running that hard and you say, why is the gazelle running that much? To stay alive. Because there is an enemy that is chasing the gazelle. The gazelle's not going out probably for morning exercise. The gazelle's not on a, a certain, you know, a, a PT program. The gazelle is trying to stay alive, and that deer will run and run and run. 
for fear and for, for safety and for protection. And then that deer realizes, I need some water. I am thirsty. Now, you get thirsty and I get thirsty anyway, but can you imagine being in a place where there was no running water? Can you imagine being in a place where maybe it was a, a dry desert land where water was not easily found? There were times of drought in the Middle East where water was very difficult to come by. And David makes the comparison of a deer and how a deer thirsts for water. And David says, God, that is my thirst for you. Number one, we see the thirst. I want to ask you this evening, how is your thirst? Do you thirst for God? Do you have a desire for God? I didn't ask you if you have a thirst for, for being around nice people. I didn't ask you if you have a thirst for doing fun things. I didn't have you if, ask you if you have a desire to be successful in business. I'm asking tonight, do you have a thirst for God? David had a thirst and he said, my thirst can only be quenched, God, when I know that I'm in your presence. He said, I desire to appear before thee. He said, my thirst is for God, for the living God. How is your thirst? It's interesting to me that David did not pray and ask God to remove his problems. We do that. I do that. Lord, help me with this problem. And Lord, take away this burden. And Lord, take away this issue. David did not pray for God to give him relief. He did not pray for God to give him ease. He just said, God, I need you. And if I've got you, everything else is going to be okay. David's thirst was for God. How is your thirst tonight? How is my thirst? It's interesting to me that a brook, a brook or a river or a creek of water, it flows and it always goes to the lowest spots. Many times for the deer, if they were up in the hills or up in the, the highlands or if they were up in the mountains, they would have to intentionally go down to a low spot where they could find water. And you know what that tells me? That sometimes if we're going to have our thirst quenched, if we're going to find God, sometimes we've got to get down low. Sometimes we've just got to humble ourselves and re realize and recognize we need God. We can't fix it. We can't solve it. We can't take care of it. We can't work our way through this thing or work our way around this thing. There's times where our only answer is God and he's got to show up. And David said, God, as the deer thirsteth after the water brooks. So thirsteth, so panteth my soul after thee. I see, number one, the thirst. But number two, I see the tears. What brought on this thirst? What brought on this desire for God? For David, it was the fact that he was on the run. You say, well, how do you know he was on the run? Because he references in verse number four, he says, I remember. I remember when I used to go to the house of God. And he's on the run. He can't go to Jerusalem. He can't go to the temple. He can't go worship God. And David says, God, I remember when I used to go. And I remember when I used to go to the house of God. He says, I remember when I heard the voice of joy and praise. David says, I remember going into the temple. I remember going in to worship God. And it wasn't a quiet place, and it wasn't a depressing place. It was a joyful place. It was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of praise to God. And David said, I long for that. 
I miss that. I don't get to do that. And David, uh, David says, I remember when I'd go down and I remember when I would go with a multitude. He said, I remember going with the whole crowd and we'd go down, it says, for holy day. It's where we get our word holiday. It's actually, literally, it's a celebration. David said, when we'd go down for the feast and we'd go down to worship God, he said, I miss it. I desire it. I long for it. I miss getting to worship God like that. I guess I miss getting to praise God like that. David said, I can't go back to the church now. I can't go back to the temple now. But David says, I still can have God and I want God more than I want anything else. Notice what it says in verse number four. He says, I remember these things and I pour out my soul. We see number one, the thirst. I see number two, the tears and the trouble. It says in verse number uh, six, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. The land of Jordan near the Jordan River was a place where the water was more plentiful. He said then there was the, the land of the Hermonites. Those were some of the higher peaks and then there were some of the lower hills. And David says, wherever I go, I need you, God. I need you in the good times. I need you in the bad times. We sang about that tonight. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain, isn't it? But the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, hey, guess what? God is still in control. Amen. Notice in verse number four, he says, when I remember these things, verse five, he says, my, um, I'm cast down and I don't understand it. I don't know why I'm so uh, depressed. I don't know why I'm so discouraged. And he examines himself and he says, why is this happening? Why am I disquieted? And then number three, we see the trust. He says, hope thou in God, put your confidence in God for I shall yet praise him who is the help of, uh, praise him for the help of his countenance. Notice the trust. David shows us in this one Psalm, he shows us two sides of the coin. He shows us the dark side, but he shows us the bright side. He shows us that you can focus on the miseries of life or you can focus on the mercies of God in life. He shows us that you can focus on the gloom or you can focus on the glory. You can focus on the burdens or you can focus on the blessings. He says you can focus on the helps or the hurts or you can focus on the helps. You can be a victim or you can be a victor. You can be a whiner or you can be a winner. But can I tell you, there is hope and there is victory in God. And David says, my trust, my hope, my confidence is in God. Notice the end of uh, verse number five. I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. What is a person's countenance? It's their, their facial expression, right? That's what their countenance is. And David says, Lord, your countenance is my help. I think of what the songwriter wrote. He said, one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. You know how it is when maybe you've had a, a difficult day or maybe you've had a difficult situation and you come home and you see your wife or you see your husband 
or you see the kids, or you see a, a good friend, or you, you see a family member, you see a mom or dad or someone, and they don't even have to say anything. Just the look on their face, it encourages you. You're like, you know what? It's going to be okay. You know what? The, that, that helps me. And that's why we seek the face of God. Because when we seek His face, His countenance gives us the help and gives us the courage and gives us the strength that we need. Number four, I see not only the thirst and the tears, I see the trust, but number four, I see the tribute. I see David's tribute, his, his song, his praise to God. He says in verse number five, I shall yet praise him. He says in verse number uh, seven, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of the water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. David says there are times where it seems like the waves keep crashing in. He said there's times where I feel like I'm drowning. There's times where I feel like I can't breathe. There's times where I'm going up for air and it just seems like it keeps coming over me. But notice verse 8. David says, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. David says, but you know what? Even when the storms of life have me buried, even when the waves are crashing over, even when the floods come, even when the rains come, even when it seems like everything is falling down on me. David said, I got God's loving kindness during the day and I've got God's songs in the night. David said, I'm okay. Doesn't matter what time it is. Doesn't matter if it's day or night. Doesn't matter if it's morning or evening. David said, I've got God's loving kindness. I've got his songs in the night. And David said, my prayer shall be unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock. Aren't you glad that God is our rock? David says in this verse, he says, there are times he says, I say, God, why have you forgotten me? Why do I mourn because of the oppression of the enemy? I'll say this, and David found the answer. We'll see it again in verse 11. There's times where you're so, so confident and there's times where you're praising God and there's times where you're in the pits of despair, right? Anybody else ever been there? You ever feel like it's a roller coaster ride sometimes? But here's what David said. Sometimes I feel like God has forgotten me. And you may feel that way sometimes, but I got good news for you. You may feel like God has forgotten you, but he hasn't forgotten you for a second. There may be times where you are out of God's will. There may be times where we're out of a God's plan for our lives, but we are not out of his care and we are not out of his mind. I'm so glad God has never forgotten you and he's never forgotten me. Then he says in verse number 10, he says, I feel like sometimes there's a, a sword in my bones and mine enemies are reproaching me and they say daily unto me, they say, where is thy God? You ever had somebody, maybe not those exact words, but they say, hey, I thought you loved God. Thought God was going to take care of you. I thought God was, God, God had you taken care of and I thought God was going to do this or I thought you were praying for God to do this and Maybe God didn't do what you thought he was going to do. Sometimes people will say, where is thy God? They'll say, we thought that God was good. 
They'll say, you said that God was powerful. You, you said that God loves you, but where is your God now? You know who else asked that same question? A man named Job. You know what Job found out? At the end of his life, he found out that God had never left him. You know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found out when they were in that fiery furnace? They were in the furnace, but they were not alone. Can I tell you, God shows up, and God is there, and he will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. You may feel like you don't know where God is. You may feel at times like you cannot trace God, but I'm glad we can always trust him. And then verse 11, David asks himself again. Here he goes again. He's talking to himself. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? He said, why is there such a commotion and uproar inside of me? He says, hope thou in God, just like he says in verse number five. He says, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance. He said, God's countenance is my help in verse five, but now he says, God's countenance actually helps my countenance. And God's face actually helps my face. And God's expression actually helps my expression. But then he says at the end of verse 11, he says, and my God. David said, this isn't just somebody else's God. This isn't just the God at the church for the Sunday school teacher. This isn't just the God at the church for the, the charter member. This isn't just the God at the church for the, the choir member or for the deacons or for the pastors or, 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 or for uh, uh, somebody else. That's not just their God, but he's my God. And aren't you glad the same God that showed up for David is the same God that'll show up for you? You say, well, pastor, how come God shows up for others? And it seems like God is closer to others than he is to me. I'll go back to verse 1. Because those that are thirsty, God shows up. Those that are hungry, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, the Bible says they shall be filled. So, well, how do you get thirsty for God? Well, one thing you got to do is you got to realize you need Him. And one reason why we're not thirsty for God is because we're so filled up with the world. We're, we're, we're thirsty. We are, we are on information overload. You think, about, you think about how much information was available to you 20 years ago. Basically, it was the local news. I mean, that's basically what you had available. And you look at now, you can spend your whole day reading about stuff that doesn't even matter. You, I'll tell you this. You know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. You can spend your whole day reading stuff that's not even true. You can spend your whole day reading stuff that doesn't even matter. You can spend your whole day reading people's opinions about things and these, and these people that are writing their opinions about it, if you knew those people, you'd say, what are they doing writing about it? Can I tell you, 
We're not thirsty for God because we're so filled up with entertainment. We're so filled with the news. We're so filled with hobbies. We're so filled with sports. We're so filled with the things of this world. But if we would clean out those things, if we'd say, God, please empty me of myself and fill me with your presence, if we'd get thirsty, can I tell you, we would know God in a way that we have not known him before. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.